Welcome to the what are we calling it? Ah! So, ah! <laughs> welcome. I remember now. I remember. It's, it's it's called secondhand cinema. Secondhand cinema. Welcome to the. Is it the or is it just? I think welcome to secondhand cinema. I don't think okay, there's a no the. Welcome. Maybe it's secondhand cinema colon the podcast. Yeah. Welcome to secondhand cinema colon the podcast. Are you actually saying colon? <laughs> I like the colon. All right, colon's in. I could record it again without the colon, but I don't think that's necessary. This has gone already downhill very quickly. I know. We should we but should have like an intro. Brilliant idea. Thanks. Happy to help. So how about something like bom 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 shing secondhand cinema? Sure. Secondhand cinema. I'm Tanley, and I'm Chris, and I like watching films, and I kind of don't. So, I watch films and I think, hmm, Chris should watch this film, but he won't just watch it. So, I've had to start this podcast to tell him about good films, and then if he thinks they're worth watching, he might watch them. It's ambitious at best, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how Um, it goes. It's promising. It's promising. So, my particular field of interest and the majority of my DVD collection is non-English language films. And I thought to start this epic podcast series of a number of episodes i mean it might be one (laughs) it might be one this might be it this might not if you're listening to this then well done we decided this was good enough to put out how many pairs of men in their 20s have started a podcast (laughs) to go oh you know well i'm I'm really i'm really hoping it might be more than uh, one episode but we'll see how it goes friends on facebook at least well i think we're more self-aware than most mid-20s pairs of men recording podcasts in that we know it might not ever be heard sure but we're still doing it still doing it so (laughs) for the first film that i'm going to tell you about i've picked the first non-english language film that i ever saw and i was how old was i probably about 13 12 13 okay and my stepdad just picked this film and i thought what is this it's called shogun assassin shogun assassin okay okay and i've I am prepared in some ways because I'm going to show you the cover of the DVD. This is great podcast material. Okay, well, I, I will this describe what I'm seeing. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so at the top left, there is in what must just be like Times New Roman, some basic font. It just says, he whips out his sword and relieves victims of their heads. It says it's banned since 1983. I. This was the first... Okay. Non-English film. In I the centre, there is what is is he in a minecart? There's there's a guy in a minecart dual wielding katanas. Although I'm not entirely convinced that it's a real person. I think that's a drawing and a small child in front. Shogun assassin. It's impossible to keep a body count. Yeah, I I would encourage anybody listening to to Google this because it's a ride. So go on, tell me about it. I'm curious if nothing else. So there's a series of manga comics in japan called lone wolf and cub okay well that's the translation and they were very popular it was 28 volumes of them and they were written in the 70s and they're about a samurai warrior and his young son as they go around seeking vengeance or something Mm -hmm. these comics were then turned into films there's six films uh japanese films again made in the 70s are you about to tell me that shogun assassin is the first of a Six trilogy, septilogy. Yes and no. Okay, okay. These films are well received. People like them. So 
some American studio or person decided to make a Western release version. Right. And the way they did that is they took the first two films and kind of put them together, dubbed them in English, and had a new score written. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I've not seen the Japanese originals. I've just seen Shogun Assassin. So it's not just a film that's been dubbed or with subtitles. It is a new, completely new, edited together from two films. Already promising. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> so the first film is Lone Wolf and Cub, colon, Sword of Vengeance. Wait, does this all come on the, the Shogun Assassin? Or these... So th- these are the two films that make up Shogun Assassin. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Lone Wolf and Cub, colon, Sword of Vengeance. And Lone Wolf and Cub, colon, Baby Cart at the River Sticks. Sorry, what? Baby Cart at the River Sticks? Baby Cart at the River Sticks. I mean, not only are you pronouncing the colons out loud, but... I feel like we've started... Are, are we off thing. to hell in, in the end of this film? Is that where we're going? Well, we go somewhere. Anyway, these two films, there's about 11 or 12 minutes from the first film and almost all of the second <laughs> film, yeah, which makes up Shogun Assassin. Just <laughs> to give you a flavour, I thought I'd have a little look on Wikipedia uh, at the plot of Lone Wolf and Cub, colon, Sword of Vengeance, the first one, which we only see 12 minutes of. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, what are we missing? Turns out we're missing a lot. This is some excerpts from the Wikipedia plot summary for Lone Wolf and Cub, colon, Sword of Vengeance. Please stop saying colon, man. <laughs> Set in Japan during an unspecified year of the Edo period, which yep. is 17th, 18th century. Yep. Ogami Ito, disgraced former executioner to the Shogun, wanders the countryside, pushing a baby cart with his three-year-old son, Daigoro, inside. A banner hangs off his back, child and expertise for rent. Child and expert. Okay, right, he's renting his child. Continue, I'm not going to question this. I mean, that's the normal bit of this plot summary. Of course it is. His services are asked for in a most unexpected way. When an insane woman seizes Daigoro from the cart and proceeds to try and breastfeed the boy. Sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> th- what? surprisingly, this bit didn't make it into the edit of Shogun Assassin. No, apparently not. Daigoro at first hesitates, but after a stern look from his father, he proceeds to suckle the woman's breast. I don't know why you'd want your son to suck the breast of a random, quote, insane woman. But I mean, so... His father gives him a stern look, which is a kind of, yes, go ahead, my child, take from the teat of this woman. Yeah. Sure. The woman's mother then apologises for her daughter's behaviour and tries to give Ito money, but he refuses, saying his son was hungry anyway. Wonderful. Waste not, want not. Yeah. So any anyway, other vague plot things happen. Ito, who's the, the dad, gets captured by some random people. They discuss killing Ito, but then decide to let him live if he will have sex with the town's remaining prostitute while they watch. The prostitute refuses to have any part in it, but then she's threatened by one of the men, brackets, a knife expert, close brackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in order to save the woman, Ito steps forward and disrobes, saying he will do the men's bidding with the woman. So he escapes, he kills the captors. Well, well, no, no, don't just Uh, so he escapes. I... So what? He, they they get it on, and then that's the, then they everyone just moves on with their lives. I don't know. I've not seen this film. Is so. it literally stop there and then it? No, well, I've abridged the boring uh, plot points. Okay, all right. Because this this isn't the actual film that we're talking about. I, but I I, I, I kind of wish it was. But... It's 
<laughs> it's context, isn't it? So he escapes anyway after probably having sex with this last remaining prostitute. What happened to all the other prostitutes? Did they? They went not... the same way as the samurai. Last samurai, last <laughs> prostitute. The sequels of the same film. I don't know. So yeah, he kills the captors, and then Ito leaves the village, and the prostitute hopes to follow. But Ito cuts the ropes on the bridge leading to town to stop her from following. A classic Looney Tunes. So what's this? The only bridge is this town on a you know across a ravine. So yeah, he's cut so off this I, little I'm town. I'm picturing two high cliff faces <laughs> and like a single rope bridge, and Ito and is Daigoro is Daigoro, yeah, classic the the breastfeeding three year old have taken their baby cart, which looks like a mine cart, but whatever. It's very chunky, and it does look like that in the film as well. Just... Daigoro yeah. should just walk. You're old enough, man. Come on. And they've gone across this rope bridge, and then unnamed prostitute, because of course, why would you name the prostitute? Then exactly. we might get attached to them. Goes, please, let me come with you. And he goes, no, I can't let you follow me, and destroys the bridge. Destroys the only link with potentially the rest of civilization. The rest of civilization. So now everyone starves because he didn't want the woman he boned to to follow him exactly excellent good by painting a brilliant picture of this man. so that's that's the first film of which we only retain 12 minutes in show what 12 minutes do we keep is uh, it the first 12 minutes or it's, what? it's the flashback of context of why he's going around with his son killing people sure that's basically okay, sure because they they thought hmm this insane woman forcibly making a random boy i imagine this probably doesn't and... go down well with western audiences hmm I mean, I'm surprised it went down well with any audiences. But I, from I that plot description, I've not seen it. to the quality of it. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. At some point, I do intend to watch the films and the rest of them because there are four more after so, the events of Shogun Assassin. So Shogun Assassin is basically film number two in the Lone Wolf and Club series. Lone Wolf and Cub, which had something to do with the River Sticks, which... Baby cart at the river sticks. Baby cart at the river sticks. So river sticks in my head is like the river in hell, Hades, that kind of thing. So I'm I'm feeling mythological vibes here. I might be way off. There's there's elements of the mystic, maybe. Okay. But okay. Loosely. Loosely. In the sense that ninja are a bit mystical. Sure. That's kind of it, really. Sh- sure. So anyway, so that's <laughs> that's some context for the series. Excellent. So, yeah, this isn't going to be straightforward. No. I do want to see the originals because, A, I want to see what the original soundtrack was like because mm. I bet it wasn't anything like this. But also, they do something very annoying with the little boy. I'm going to put my cards on the table. In almost all films I've ever seen with children in, I find the children incredibly annoying. <laughs> no matter what their roles, they are just annoying and you want them to either die or not be on screen. Probably more the latter. Probably more the latter. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, the characters to die, not the actual. Sure, yeah. sure. And this boy is incredible and adorable and brilliant. Oh, okay. And you'll find out why. But they kind of ruin it by making him the narrator. What? So there's is it this... like Daigoro is having a flashback to allow me to tell you the story of my father, great shogun assassin of the past kind of thing. Sort of, but it's not that far into the future. It's just when he's... I, well, we don't know how old he is when he's narrating. but I presume older than three. Well, I would assume so. So we, the, the film starts with a bit of narration. Okay, so this is shogun assassin. This is now. shogun assassin. This, is, this okay, is the start of shogun assassin. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm listening. I'm going to talk you through the film, the bits that are worth talking about anyway. So we start with some narration from Daigoro. 
and he says, When I was little, my father was famous. He was the greatest samurai in the empire, and he was the shogun's decapitator. He cut off the heads of 131 lords for the shogun. So much for okay. the bodies can't be counted, but... <laughs> right yeah first line of the film first line of the film <laughs> down the pan from his i'm i'm in my head he's 10 year old son who is aware that his dad was an execute incredible right yeah, yeah. sorry i've interrupted you keep going no it's fine i mean i've i've i transcribed this entire narration but it's not worth even saying because it's so <laughs> boring it's the most expositiony narration that's just not necessary so we start um, the film with a plot dump yeah, from a child. From a child. Which just makes you hate the child. And you came out with a positive opinion of this child by the end of it. Yeah, but in my head, the narrator isn't the child. I disassociate right, okay. those two characters. Okay, okay. Because the child isn't the same character or actor or whatever as the narrator. Because the narrator is some American director's construct. I don't think he narrated in the Japanese. I don't know. I'm, I assume not, because this is basically... Oh, this is what happened in the first film. Okay. Or this is the setup to the first film, okay. rather than actually showing it to you, because yeah. it's quicker to have it tell you. Blah, blah, blah. It was a bad time, everybody living in fear, but we were still happy. My father would come home to mother, and when he'd see her, he'd forget about the killings. He wasn't scared of the Shogun, but the Shogun was scared of him. Maybe that was the problem. Oh, okay. Oh. Intrigue. Yeah. First bit of interesting thing. I think he talks a lot after that and i've lost the will to live of actually transcribing this narration <laughs> that's that's the thing i i tried to transcribe narration because there's bits of it that don't make sense or just a bit odd and then i i kind of just scribbled on the bit of paper and just meh. wonderful really helps when you know the other person hasn't seen the film at all so you know <laughs> every scrap of detail is important but no that's fine you you, you do your thing yeah that's the fine. narration's not important really no 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 of course. so anyway so the shogun's ninja spies come in the middle of the night and kill the mother yeah i can't remember the mum's name her entire character in this film consists of she breastfeeds daigoro says she had a bad dream and then gets killed it's it's not looking good for women in these films no not at all and as, she, as she's lying there on the floor dying ito says to the unnamed wife of ito it looks like your dream has come true that's not something you say to your wife when mm -hmm. she's dying on the floor. Maybe she just okay. It's yeah. like a, it's like a Bruce Willis or Arnold Schwarzenegger type quip. <laughs> you know, someone gets electrocuted and Arnie goes shocking. <laughs> it's <laughs> it looks like your dream came true. No, that's your anyway. Ito stops being the Shogun's executioner because the Shogun's had his wife killed. Becomes an assassin for hire and just pushes Daigo around in that massive chunky wooden pram. Excellent. And there's ninja kind of coming after him we get a sort of establishing fight scene so we know that he's a badass yeah where there's some really weird editing where we cut between someone running towards the camera with a massive straw basket on their head mm -hmm. like when i first saw this this little shot i th i thought it was a beekeeper like it's a full face <laughs> covering basket okay okay but fine and it just keeps cutting between this basket on head beekeeper running towards camera and then it will cut to Ito's eyes looking. Then back to the guy in the basket running. Then to Daigoro's eyes. Then back to the beekeeper. Then back to <laughs> Ito's eyes. Then back to Ito's hand on his sword. Then back... <sighs> this goes on for too long. And then eventually he actually reaches Ito. And <laughs> Ito draws his sword, cuts through the straw basket for some reason, but not touching the guy. Just 
slices the basket off his head. Right. And then slices straight down into the top of this guy's head. Okay. There's a lot of blood in this film. And the blood is very red. Like it's redder than <laughs> blood should be. But fine. So yeah, so there's this... He slices straight down into the top of this guy's head. The guy grabs hold of the sword, like the sharp bit that's in his head, and kind of pulls it down into his own head, which I don't understand. And then yeah, an, I mean, this, this, this person has struggled. Yeah, and then another ninja, who we haven't seen before, mm. says the word ninja... And then jumps over the shoulders of the first guy in slow motion. And then he's killed by a sword that pops out of the end of some bamboo staff that is lying around. Uh, so, okay. Now, now, when you say straw basket, I, I've seen pictures of, of, of armor that looks vaguely thatched. Maybe a basket-like thing. Does it look yeah. like this person's wearing armor are they a guard kind of thing rather no. than or is it just like a random person with a basket on their head it, it does look like that okay i'm gonna go with the pull the sword into the head to try and lodge it in there so he to can't stop, get it so out. yeah to stop him killing the other ninja yeah. whose whose calling card is saying the word ninja i'm just <laughs> presuming it's a pokemon like just shouts ninja <laughs> and comes in for it when was po when did pokemon come out did this precede pokemon must have done i bet they nicked it from this Pokemon's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so here we have the birth of of pokemon yeah um the first pokemon num pokemon number zero was actually ninja <laughs> oh fantastic sorry we're like two minutes into this film yeah yeah anyway so then the guy that's killed by the sword that pops out of the end of this staff says you are marked for death wherever you go you cannot escape the shogun blackout titles okay happens then sure Fine. sure sure, sure. We've got some more narration about how they're always on the move. They can't stay in one place. Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. At one point he says, this is Daigoro who does yep. the narration. He says, at night we make fire and have our tea and we listen for the ninja who never make a sound. Why are you listening for them then? Why? Oh, poetic. Well, I mean, poetic and pointless. Amateur ninjas. If you kill enough of them, eventually the good ninjas will be dead and you'll only be left with the new ninjas. I'm presuming that they're a bit louder. Maybe you listen for them saying the word ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, th th this film could have been over if the first guy just hadn't announced himself. <laughs> yeah. So then we go to some uh, flashback when Daigoro is actually a baby rather than a sort of three-year-old toddler. Okay. He's a legitimate, barely one-year-old baby. Sure. And Ito's there, you know, mourning the death of his wife and he wants this baby Daigoro to choose his path. So he gets his sword out and kind of jabs it into the floor and then holds a ball in his other hand. And he says, uh, if you choose the sword, then you'll come with me on my road of vengeance, whatever. And if you choose the ball, then you can join your mother. So I'll kill you and you can be with your mother. Oh, death. excellent. Good parenting that. Fine. He also says, you don't understand my words, but you must choose. I mean, fine. Sure. So um, presumably Daigoro then chooses the sword. He chooses the sword. Alive. He crawls towards the sword really slowly. And there's no form of editing to make this go any quicker. It takes <laughs> ages because it's a baby crawling <laughs> towards a sword. And then I'm sure there's some sort of health and safety issue here. I mean, it's the 80s, isn't it? And it's irrelevant. There's just this baby reaching up at this sword. Do we see the baby grab the sword? No, but he gets very close. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And then Ito says, 
your mother would be happy. My own son will defy the Shogun. You are my child. And then he looks poignantly off into the middle distance and says, assassin with son. Oh, is, is that meant to be like lone wolf with cub? Yeah, except. so I think that's the... So I'm getting the feeling that we've renamed lone wolf to assassin to make it seem a bit more badass here. Yeah. Sure, sure. So still in this flashback, the Shogun says you have to swear allegiance to the Shogun or commit Harry Carry with his son, like ritual suicide, where you, the whole samurai cut your own abdomen out thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With his son, who he's just asked whether he wants to be killed well, his anyway. His son's obviously not going to do it because he's, exactly. he's going for it. So Ito then gets his sword out, cuts some paper in half. Didn't really understand the point of that. It's bad. And then he, he kills 12 to 15 guards. Um, <laughs> Did you count? I, I started counting and then it, it got bit... <laughs> there's a there's a kind of there's a few Is that the same guy? Have they just gone off screen? Have they just walked off? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, it's the the kills are quite brutal. There's like swords going through necks and there is blood spurting like a out of a super soaker going all over the place. It probably is out of a super <laughs> soaker, is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And all of this is whilst Ito is carrying the baby in his hand. It does actually. It kind of looks pretty bad. Actually. Classic, classic. He agrees to a duel with the Shogun's son to earn his freedom. Mm-hmm. So there's this duel. They meet in a field. They run towards each other with some violent timpani kind of accompaniment, which I thought, oh, this is quite dramatic. That's not how the score continues. We'll get to that. Ito ducks to reveal Daigoro behind him, who has a mirror stuck on his head which shines sunlight into the guy's face, distracting him, and Ito cuts his head off. So, <laughs> so, so Sorry, sorry. I just... I mean, one, isn't that a cheat? Um... I mean, yeah, why is, why is the baby anywhere near a jewel? <laughs> how, how has he convinced the baby to hold the mirror? And it's literally, he's not holding it, it's just stuck on his forehead. <laughs> and this becomes a thing in this film. Whenever anyone dies, they stand there and die. And then they fall over. Oh, I mean, that's the classic, isn't it? You know, classic you kind run of... past them, sheath the sword, and yeah. then you see the body collapse. Yeah. I'm and so the, the first time this happens in this in, in this duel, it's... <laughs> so the guy's head's been cut off. He stood there without a head. And there's blood just the pouring out firing, of his neck. Yeah. And so he just stands there for a while, whilst Ito just stands there still, looking out into the sunrise. And it, it looks quite a good shot. So it sounds artistic. But... Anyway, that's the end of the flashback. And then his baby's got a mirror. Baby's got a mirror. Yeah. There's lots of bits in this film where you think, that's a really good shot. And then there's a baby with a mirror stuck on their head. And you think, (laughs) what? Some of the the kind of shonkiness of bits of this film is entirely, I think, due to the kind of American edit done for this Western Mm. release rather Mm. than the original Japanese films. Some of it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway... Uh, so I, you've just said the flashback was over so are we now done with everything that was from the first film i assume so yeah all right ex- excellent so this is all all, this is all... the ribs of sticks now <laughs> you're gonna be disappointed uh, okay no no okay okay so yeah daigoro is back to being three or four or whatever he is as pictured on the thing toddler toddler yeah and the narration says anybody could be a ninja even a pretty woman or a nice lady. Ah, oh, it's really not going well for women in this film, mm. is it? No. And then he says some other stuff that I couldn't be bothered to write down. And then he says, but sometimes you have to take a chance if you want to have a bath. Yep. So they go to have a bath. And yep. 
and Ito pays a thousand gold pieces. That seems like a lot. To have a bath. The bathhouse manager says, Oh, what a big, strong samurai boy. I like your feet. <laughs> can, can, Again. I, can, I get, <laughs> can I get a description of the bathhouse manager? Just, just for my own um, thing. So we, we have paid somebody a thousand gold pieces to like our feet. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, that's a great business idea for the modern day. Never mind back in then. But yep. Yeah, it's... He, the bathhouse manager is one of these kind of mid-50s balding man who's completely pathetic and spineless and yet very enthusiastic towards people. Okay. But it's a weird thing to say. I wonder how much of this is lost in translation. So anyway, 12 to 15 people come in to kill the sun and they all get killed. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I wasn't ready for that. But yeah, fine, 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 fine. fine. <laughs> that was the wrong time to take a drink. Yeah, it was the wrong time to take a drink. I mean, he was having a bath and we had some nice feet and then everyone's dead. Yeah. Okay, there's so a, there's body a bit... count roughly... 12 to 15. Well, oh, no, well, well, no I'm saying, yeah, we were on like 30-ish people plus the 131 before. And so... the... <laughs> the original pokemon <laughs> the original, yeah the two ninjas so we're like about 163 people dead so far can't yeah, be counted can't but... be counted so we cut to some guy who we don't know who he is and he's hiring a clan of women ninja to kill ito and daigoro yeah so the women want to prove they're worthy to the guy that's trying to hire them even though he's committed to hiring them yeah doesn't make sense yeah they challenge this guy's best fighter so the best fighter comes forward and then eight of these ninja women attack him. I don't think that's proving that they're worthy. I just think that that's I, I their mean, cheat. And let, let's see what happens. So this best fighter kind of Spider-Mans himself up onto the ceiling. Good start. I mean, that, that makes it hard. And then just gets pulled down from the ceiling Excellent. by these women. Good, good, uh, good they job, just pile guys. on top of him. They rip off his cloak and hat and then they cut off his ear, three fingers, his nose and a leg. That, that's kind of cruel. Slight overkill, given that they're kind of on the same side and trying to negotiate a transaction. Yeah, and like all of these things are mostly survivable apart from maybe the leg at this point. Yeah. Oh, and then we see him rolling around on the floor with no arms for some reason. Because okay, we didn't yeah. see that, but fine. Uh, and then they just kill him. Well, I mean, he's already dead, but okay. So, all right. Okay, so it's two for one on the woman front here. They're doing well here. They've, they've, they've destroyed a man. Yeah, so that's the end of that. We go back to Ito and Daigoro. And he has to prove himself to some other guy who wants to hire him. There's a lot of proving themselves to people who already want to hire them <laughs> to kill people. I mean, modern day, right? Yeah, exactly. And so just as he's, you know, being asked to prove himself, he just draws his sword and throws it through the paper wall into the next room. And it sticks in that second wall and then blood pours out through the hole in the wall. And the sword slowly kind of falls down, slicing through the wall to the floor. Then a dead body falls through. 164 and that was a good one that is pretty cool that was a good one and i feel i feel like that's a, a shot that's mirrored in a lot of films the whole kill through a wall that they can't see but they're such yeah, a badass yeah yeah all right okay I'm, I'm down for this one it's really cool he gets paid in advance a thousand pieces of gold so he's paid for his bath yeah I, <laughs> what is this currency this doesn't make any sense then they tell him what they want him to actually do they say there are these three brothers the mystical masters of death Perhaps you've heard of them, he says. But he's going to tell us about them anyway. Mm -hmm. One brother uses a metal claw. Another fights with a club. The third uses armoured fists. I mean, claw and armoured fists kind of overlap a little bit. We could have had like... And also, when you, when you see the armoured fists, they're basically the same as the club, but on his fist instead of 
wrapped around a bit of wood. But anyway, oh, that's... Come on, man. We could have had a better third weapon we could. than that. But the whole concept of three, you know, different fighters having different weapons, yeah. I like a lot. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah, yeah. fights interesting, whatever. But anyway, that's not who they want him to kill for some reason. Uh, it's some random guy that they're escorting somewhere for something to do with farming. I can't remember. It's, it's not very important. <laughs> so he has to kill this random guy that the masters of death are guarding escorting something okay so we're going to come into contact with them but they're not the the main target yeah all right all right then we get some more narration daigoro says when we're on a mission i keep count of how many ninja my father kills you know that i mean this really isn't looking good for the front of the box here (laughs) he says not to keep count but to pray for their souls but i have to keep count so i know how many souls to pray for so i keep count he says keep count four times in this one line. And it's just no... But I thought the numbers couldn't be counted. Well, I know. Well, then he says 342. All right. Okay. So, actually, <laughs> we, ha- we have a number. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So, 342. That's where we're at. That's where I'm going from. Then we see three people doing some cartwheels in a field. I don't know why. They pull out swords. Oh, look, it's some of the women ninja. Yeah. And he just kills all three of them in one smooth motion. They kind of stand there bleeding out whilst he puts his sword away, and then they fall, fall over. 345, cool. doing well. Yeah, and that's exactly what Daigoro says. <laughs> his, his number counting's pretty good for... Pretty good, for a number that can't be counted. And also he's like three. <laughs> yeah. Like you count to ten that's in reception, number. right? That's a big number. So then we see three women washing daikon in a river. Daikon... Like, Turnip? Yeah. Radishes, aren't it's a, they? It's like a big white radish. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. I've seen it in farming games. Yeah, they sell them in Morrison's. Sure. And then two women ringing little bells walk towards them. And then they throw their straw hats at Ito, which have like a razor sharp metal edge. Classic. Classic. Again, this is odd job. Just nicked straight from this. So Ito cuts one of the hats in half. Daigoro ducks out of the way of the second and it just slices the top of his little ponytail off. Oh, no. It looks pretty cool. Oh, poor kid. They draw swords. One woman gets her arm cut off. The other one gets a sword through the throat. All right, dead. Cool. So that's two more. Thankfully, Daigoro doesn't keep updating the number as the film goes on. I'm a little sad that he doesn't. Like when you've dealt of... with all of his narration so far, oh, the less he talks. There's a point where you forget he does narration because it doesn't happen for like half an hour. Oh, the dream. And then he comes in and starts talking and you go, oh, God. <laughs> so we go back to these three vegetable washers and they start singing and walking towards them for some reason. Oh, here we go. They go to smile at Daigoro, but then they throw all their vegetables at them mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those weird edit points where you you see them throw like two each and then it's cut to images of 17 daikon radishes flying through the air at different angles so it's it's a bit weird why are they is it just the vegetable no no weaponry just, involved well oh yeah okay, just, sorry, my bad just the vegetables one of them pierces through the solid wooden pram that he's built like an absolute tank. Excellent. And Diagoro is just sat there and he just looks down at it and just kind of goes, huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not bothered, not bothered at all. They then pull out swords that were hidden inside the Daikon radishes. Yes, here we go. And they attack. Ito kills two of them. The third runs at them and Daigoro presses a button or something that's on the pram and a sword launches out the front of it and kills her. Classic. Of course. Yep. I wasn't ready for this, that, but sure. No, this, there's a lot of times where this kid does stuff you are not ready for, and it is just brilliant. What? How have they got a button that fires a sword? Don't know. Don't care. Guns existed in those days, right? Yeah, but... So, I mean, propellant, 
sword. I suppose. It's more the button. That's all right. I can suspend my disbelief for the button if we're allowed to have flying deadly vegetables. I mean, I've never seen so many daikon radish in a film in my life. I've never said the word so many times in my <laughs> life. And I don't think I've actually said it yet. <laughs> so anyway, they carry on walking. Then a massive net falls on top of them. Oh, classic. Um, Ito cuts his way out with his sword. Easy. And the woman that threw the net says, I am the supreme ninja. <laughs> Oh, there we go. So the evolution of Ninja is I am the Supreme Ninja. Pokemon 0.5 here to, here to save the day. But Ito's reaction to this woman saying, I'm the Supreme Ninja, is to go, oh. Is it that classic, that noise, that kind of, oh. Or is this it's, just an American man going, oh. It's, it's, the, it's more authentic. It's more the, close to the first one. So then they fight. He goes to hit the top of her head. She catches the sword, Ooh. call back to before, but actually stops it before her head. Her, yeah. Because she's the supreme ninja, not just ninja. Noggin saved. She's upgraded her abilities. <laughs> then somehow, from holding the sharp end of his sword, mm. she throws him on the floor. Just from flicking the sword that I, he's holding. I, I've vaguely seen this before, I think. I, I don't think it's really a thing. Because I, I, there's I, no... Because it, it's using leverage, right? Mm. Where you would use your body weight on the person to get mm. them on the floor or to give you something to flip them over or trip them over. Mm. You don't just, if you're holding a sword, I don't just grab the pointy end of a sword and somehow get you on the floor. Especially, you've seen that he's a big guy. Well, I, I'm presuming that, <laughs> you know, this, this sword strike has a lot of his weight behind it. Oh, no, no, no. She's caught it. It's stationary. And then she just kind of pulls it and he falls over. All right, nonsense film physics. Then. That's yeah, where we are. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. And then <laughs> this is one of the most the weirdest shots in this film. She jumps about ten foot in the air, Good. out of her dress. Her dress stays where it was upright, and she jumps out of it ten foot in the air. Now wearing ninja clothes, she lands. She's in like some weird kind of nude body stocking type thing. Sure. And then she <laughs> she does the weirdest backwards shuffle through this field away from him to escape <laughs> while staring at him. I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to demonstrate. This is great podcast content. This is what he does. Right. She does. <laughs> okay, so... What, oh, do I, I need to describe this. So, essentially, <laughs> facing forward, you've got arms apart. If you can imagine the way a crab moves left to right, except just backwards. And that's where we are. Well, she's got to keep her eyes on him, otherwise he could strike. This man can throw a sword through walls to kill people. True. It just looks... Really weird. And the shot of watching her run away backwards creepily is too long. <laughs> that, that seems to be a running thing with this film, where yeah. it's just shots There's that one are point a bit where too she, long. She kind of looks like she jumps backwards up a hill, but it really doesn't look quite right. There's okay. something funny going That's on. That's fine. So, okay, so she'll be back. Yeah, she will be. So anyway, they're walking through a wood. They kind of look up and they notice 12 to 15 men, all in black cloaks, massive hats. <laughs> All holding a little gong and a hammer for some reason right, because they okay. never use them. It's a it's a new puzzle. <laughs> it's a new day. One of them throws like a bit of string with a metal ball on the end of it and kind of lassoes Ito's sword out of his belt. Oh yeah, classic. Yeah, I've which seen is that. which is pretty cool. Ito says, "Daigoro, go," and just pushes the pram towards these men. And you think, mm, nah, okay. there's some questionable parenting in this film. But then, Daigoro kicks a little lever in the pram and swords pop out the wheels and cut two men's feet off. I, it's incredible. This this pram I that think, has been damaged earlier in the film. Yeah. 
is 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 quite the tool. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty good. The rest of these men charge at Ito. He kills them with before he kicks the pram away because he's got no sword, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was taken off him before he kicks the pram away. He p- took like a staff off the pram, yeah. which he's then converted into like two swords that link together. Like oh, cool, 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 like the whole double lightsaber, like Darth Maul. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty good. I can see that. Anyway, he he kills most of them. Um, most. Well, <laughs> one of them jumps up a tree. Okay. And then Ito stabs him, and then he just stays there holding on to the tree whilst Ito kills two others. Uh-huh. Then the guy that's up the tree spurts blood all over the other two. Then he falls out of the tree onto the floor, and the other two fall over. Sure. Fine. I mean, that's nonsense film physics. Yeah, exactly. And then two more throw some more of their string with balls on round each end of his double lightsaber Okay, so yeah, they're, they're trying thing. to steal the double, Which double is lights. clever. So they've got it and they're pulling it. And then Ito kind of splits, the, splits it back into two, mm-hmm. does a somersault for no reason, and then throws them both at once and into the two guys. Excellent. Is there any more? Oh yeah, there's there's one left. The one that nicked his sword in the first place is the last one left. Ito gets a dagger from within his robes or something, mm. kills the guy as he stood there bleeding. Takes the sword back off him out of his kind of belt or whatever. Then the guy falls over dead. Classic. Yeah. So has anybody in this film died at the time of slashing yet? Yeah. Normally at the start of fights, there are some that are just killed whilst. On the people way are to running to else. do other yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. those people, they just die. But all the kind of grandstanding cinematic kills are: I'm dead. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to spurt blood. Then I'm going to wait for everyone else in the scene to do the same. Then we're all going to fall over together. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and all, all these times as well, Ito does the killing, stays there exactly still. You know how like a, a cricketer when they play a good shot, they kind of hold that position. Oh yeah, the the classic follow through. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and they watch. just yeah, and they just hold that position. Well, Ito does a lot of that. Okay, sure. And sure. it's the same thing. So he kills people. He holds the position. They spurt blood. He then puts his sword back in and scabbard. In that very, if you've seen any films with samurai in the kind of, they line it up. They kind of slide in most of the way. Oh yeah, and then, and then, then the last bit is like the like the yeah. like, like right and then, at the end, and then that kind of at the end is the trigger for them all to fall over maybe, maybe this was the series of films that invented this maybe because although we know it as a kind of trope or a stereotype in some set some ways it had to have come from somewhere mm. so maybe lone wolf and cub was the originator of the slash them all and sheath the sword maybe further research needed mm, indeed maybe come back for another episode of this podcast <laughs> citation needed <laughs> yeah <laughs> And let me just see the last three of these men just hide behind trees. All right, cool. So, I mean, dealt with. Yeah, fine. So then they're walking along. Ito looks properly knackered. Like there's blood running down his sleeves. He's mm. got blood all over his face. I'm not sure why, because he never gets hit in any, in any of these fights. doesn't but have to be his blood. True. And then they find a, like, a little barn and he collapses and passes out. Mm-hmm. Cut to a weird conversation between some guy. I think it's one of the guys that ran away or something to do with them. And the Supreme Ninja. I can't take that seriously. The yeah. Supreme, Supreme Ninja says, you need to send all your troops to kill him. He says, I did, and he killed all but two of them. And the Supreme Ninja pauses and then goes, ah! 
what? What? Why are you laugh? It's, it's the craziest laughter. It's like witches round a cauldron laughing. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the guy having lost all of his men except two. And she yeah. just laughs. And then she says, again, this is exactly how she says it. So what happened to your swordsman will happen to you too. Nah! <laughs> I don't know what this word is at the end. It, she says, nah. Nah. Okay. And, it, and I okay. don't know what that is. It makes no sense. I mean, no, it doesn't. Not you at are all. completely right. And then, but then the guy says, sorry, but your women are all dead. And I mean, surely she'd probably know that because she's had to fight him because all of her women ninja failed. Yeah, I mean, so everyone's a, screwed right now. Exactly. So then she stands up and says, it is intolerable. He has intimidated you. Well, no, he's killed all of your men. That, that... Yeah, but if he kills all your men and you're scared... That, that's the mistake. But then the guy says, don't worry. We are very sure he will lose his power once he is without his son. You see, the little boy is the way to him. Okay, so Samson situation here. Yeah. Little boy is the way to him. Blackout. Shogun assassin. Titles roll again. <laughs> More titles. So we cut to uh, a nice little riverside and Daigoro is there by himself. And this is the one point where Why? I kind of... Why? Why is the three-year-old on his own? Well... It's stupid, and then you realise what's going on. Okay. He's at the riverside, and he's cupping water up in his hands. He cups some water up, and he turns around and walks about six steps, and then looks in his hands, and there's no water left. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah. And he go, and he kind of looks confused, and... Oh. And goes back to the river. Does this three times. <laughs> and then he goes to the river, cups the water, and then at the riverside, drinks the water out of his hands. And you go, why... Weren't, why didn't you just drink? Why are you walking to drink the water? Anyway. Hey, wait, we, we don't hate. He's a child and he learned. And it's better than that. So we see him cut the water from the river and drink the water. Then he um, goes back into the little barn and kind of leans over Ito, who's still kind of passed out on the floor, and kind of spits out the water from his mouth into Ito's mouth. So that's what he was trying to get the water because he's... Oh, oh he's genius. He's, genius. This kid is brilliant. Yeah, he is, I know. Do you know what, Daigoro? Congratulations, you are carrying a film. Yeah, he then uh, finds like a Buddha statue with some red rolls next to it for some reason. Tribute, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm gonna make sense. Contextualize that. As. So he he takes the bread rolls, but because he's got morals and he's a good kid, he can't just take the bread rolls. Does he leave a thousand gold pieces? <laughs> no, he doesn't. But he takes his little waistcoat off and puts it on the statue. Aw. He's, oh, he's so cute. Keep Buddha warm. I don't I don't normally like cute kids, but this kid is He's He's got you. Fun. He's into your heart. So yeah, they're in the barn. We hear some singing, like the vegetable washing ninja women oh, before. Oh, bad sign, bad sign. Yeah, Daigoro hears it. He goes out to investigate. Ito wakes up because the wind is banging the door of the barn to and fro. And he's, slow, he's still really weak. And he slowly reaches for his sword. His eyes are just opening up. And he can just see the bottom of the door opening. And the door opens and closes and opens and closes and then opens a bit further and we see the feet of a ninja mm -mm. it's quite nicely done that the tension in that scene the next thing that happens is they both just walk outside together nothing's said they just walk out together it's mm -hmm. in this random ninja they walk to a clearing in in the woods where there's a few other men and the supreme ninja and daigoro's tied up in rope and dangling over a well classic it's very dark, this scene, because it's at night in the woods. I only knew it was a well because someone says, the well is very deep. Right, it's a well. Brilliant. Thanks for that. <laughs> That's why they've said it. Tell, yeah, yeah. don't show. You know, classic, Cla classic, <laughs> classic filmmaking. filmmaking. 
<laughs> so they say Ito's got to surrender or his son will drown. He refuses. Daigoro bites someone's arm and he kind of drops a little bit. And the Supreme Ninja looks a bit concerned for a little moment. Oh. Mm. Ito says, kill him if you dare. It doesn't weaken me. My son and I have already embraced our fate. But he knew the baby didn't understand what he was doing when he embraced his fate. Too late. So saying it's fine for him to die in the world doesn't really make any sense. I mean, bad parenting has been a hallmark of this story so far. Yeah. So let's not worry and about yet, it suddenly being a despite problem despite this upbringing, the kid is incredible. He's ridiculously intelligent and resourceful and moral and can fire swords out of mining carts. I mean, children are kind of incredible. <clears throat> they are just learning sponges so if your whole life has been learning how to deal with supreme ninja then you're going to be good at it by the time you get to three or four i mean it's there so then one of these guys says ah you are almost too heroic for one without another son what what so if you've got another son then you don't mind one getting chucked down a well but i mean how what's heroic about him saying you can kill him it's fine yeah it's a bit weird sure so Ito says, in the sight of death, my son will not give up. Ninja, now you will see. You'll wish you had been wiser. Daigoro, soon you will stand at your mother's side. Understood? And Daigoro just looks back at him completely blankly and flicks his little sandal off. So it falls down the well. And everyone just stands there in silence, listening. For it to hit the bottom. For it to hit the bottom. Yeah. Ito attacks. They let go of the rope. Uh, so Daigoro starts falling down the well. Ito kills the first guy. The Supreme Ninja just stands there kind of looking horrified. He kills another one. He gets to the well. He stands on the rope and then kills the third by cutting his face in half. Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. There's just a red line all the way down oh, so the middle of his face. Vertically. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a weird moment here. His sword is clean. He taps it. There's the sound effect of at least a pint of water being thrown on the floor. And the sword looks the same. Like, he's meant to be tapping <laughs> off all of the blood from this guy's face. And it's literally... a a whole glass of water just getting thrown on the floor is the sound effect. <laughs> it's a bit weird. But he puts his sword away in that, that samurai way and it still looks cool. So fine. This raises questions because... This raises questions. <laughs> the kid is really clever. He drops his sandal so that his dad knows how deep the well is so that he knows how long he's got to kill the ninja in before it's too late to stop the rope, right? Mm -hmm. That's really clever. Whereas the dad, Ito, is just saying, ah, yeah, he's fine. He doesn't mind if he dies, whatever. The, the son is cleverer than the... Well, maybe it's a bluff. Maybe. Maybe because... they're that interlinked and... Yeah, because the whole point is that he doesn't want them to do anything stupid like stab the child before he goes down the well. Yeah, maybe. So he has to you know, keep up appearances that, oh, it's fine if you drop him down the well, because actually that's how they get out of this. Yeah. But... But. The kid is amazing. That's so clever. That, that's intelligent. And to have somehow had that discussion beforehand where dad and Daigoro go, all right, look, if anybody's hanging you above a well, <laughs> what I need you to do is establish how long it's going to be before. Also, just thinking of that, a baby is going to descend quicker than a straw sandal. So I feel like that maybe there's some flawed logic there. Well, will they? Well, it's heavier, isn't it? A baby's heavier than a straw sandal and has less wind resistance yeah i would guess the sandals More probably a bit floaty but maybe it's just to establish the distance so you know right we've got we've got it going on in our head here i am an incredible physician 
brain guy. So what I can do is if somebody drops their sandal down the well, I can then recalculate based on the depth of the well how long it would take for other objects to also fall down the well. Just presume that that's what Ito's doing here. And actually, that kind of makes sense, because if Ito is that clever at mathematics, then that explains why the three-year-old child can count to 350. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> Genetics. Yeah. Okay, fine. So they he pulls the rope up, and oh my God, it takes ages. I timed this. From him starting to pull the rope to Daigoro coming out of the well... 63 seconds it takes. That's over a minute. That's over... Is that all that's happening? Nothing else happens apart from this incredibly annoying, high-pitched, too loud squeak from the pulley system that the rope's <laughs> attached to. It's it's just 63 seconds of cutting between him pulling the rope, cut to Supreme Ninja watching, cut back to the well, cut... Six... I... Oh... It's so long, and the squeaking gets so annoying. Minute of your life, you ain't getting back, buddy. And another minute to go back and cat time it. <laughs> yeah, good point. Oh, jeez. So Daigo appears on the end of the rope, and only his little feet are wet. Oh, so really maybe cute. it's to you know the whole minute is just to establish how long that how, was, yeah, how deep it was to keep in line with the physics of the world. That if it took that long to fall, it would take that long to pull him how up. How long's the fight scene? I can't be expected to time every little sequence in this film. Come on, well, but it's, sure. it's conceivable that it's about the same length of time that it takes for the sandal to drop. The physics makes sense for that. So yeah, the Supreme Ninja's still just there looking a bit not sure what she's doing. Ito looks completely emotionless. Daigoro looks barely anything. He looks cute, but he looks like he's not bothered by anything that's going on. So this whole scene, I did time this scene because the Supreme Ninja spends the whole of this scene in the woods standing there watching not doing anything, which is five minutes long, this scene, given that her job is to kill this man. A notable absence. <clears throat> yeah, but character development, maybe. Oh. Then we, uh, this is the point where I'd forgotten that narration was a thing. Daigoro says, that was the first time I ever saw my father spare the life of an enemy. He should have killed her, but he didn't. Maybe it's the way she looked at him. Maybe she reminded him of someone. Oh. Oh. Now, the real question is, is it mother or is it nameless prostitute? <laughs> Excellent question. Because is Supreme Ninja actually nameless prostitute from the first film? Well, oh, no, I don't think so. Made you think. Did make you think. There is something that ties all three of these women characters together that it's you'll see at the end. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's one woman. We've given um, them one name. With different hats. We didn't want to pay three women. It's probably the same one with the basket on the head as well, just to save. <laughs> uh, so they get on some ship, which happens to have the Masters of Death on. I assume they're the Masters of Death because there's three of them and they have the biggest straw hats on you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> in in terms of diameter. Okay, so just... They don't... They don't... They're not like the beekeeper ones from before. Wide brains. They're, they're, they're over a metre wide. Oh, my... Incredible. And they're in massive black cloaks and they, they look foreboding. And, yeah, yeah, sure. That seems to be establishing so, yeah. something. We see the Supreme Ninjas hidden away on this boat somewhere as well. Daigoro says, in narration, to find the Shogun's brother, turns out this random guy, to do with farming, whatever, that he's meant to kill, is the Shogun's brother. That I seems like... That. A a thing that you should have mentioned a long time ago. Yeah, I, either they didn't say it or I didn't listen to it. Good. good so the, the guy that's being escorted is the Shogun's brother. To find the Shogun's brother, we had to take a ship. It was fun, 
but there was too many people on the ship, too many dangerous people. This happens directly after. So he says, there are too many dangerous people. We pan across and we see three men sitting. Man one says, she's squeezing it so tight. Oh, God. Man two says, wow, my God, how the women love him. I mean, those two lines don't make sense one after another. I, mm, and then man three falls off his chair and laughs like an absolute madman whilst <laughs> kicking his legs in the air. I do... <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> Very. There's some too many dangerous people on this boat. There's also a little monkey on the boat who's got a little red waistcoat on. And <laughs> is that Abu? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is an extended universe so, that this okay, film so lives Di within. Disney's Aladdin have also stolen from this film. <laughs> and for the first and only time in this film, Daigoro, actual Daigoro, speaks. Okay, so we've established now that the, the toddler can talk. The toddler can talk at this point. He says hi to the monkey. Nice. And then he says hi again to the monkey. Nice. And he smiles for, I think, the first time in this film as well. And it's quite cute. So some rebels attack the Masters of Death. It's not explained why. It's not even explained who the rebels are. Or are they what trying they're to get the against. brother and everything? Probably. But sure. why are they attacking the sh Masters of Death? Because it turns out that the Masters of Death are travelling somewhere where they're going to escort the Shogun's brother. He's not even there. So I don't know why. Anyway, not relevant. And so the Master Death kill these 12 to 15 rebels. There's a theme here. <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing. It's probably the, I'm wondering the same if it's the team. Same, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same stunt team. And this is, this is the most brutal fight scene. I think with kind of swords, it can look quite clean and artistic, sort of finesse, elegance. Mm. Whereas when it's armoured fists, metal, claw and Yeah, a claw's club, just going to rip through you. That's not going to do anything pretty. It looks, it looks pretty bad. At the end, a rebel appears with some gun of some sort, some kind of matchlock gun. Yeah. And he, he gets taken out by the metal claw guy, picks up a convenient hay bale with his claw and just chucks it at the guy with a gun. I, I've seen that before for sure. Yeah. It, looks, it looks pretty good. Although it, it does beg the question, if this random rebel on the boat has got a gun, why can't any of these high up ninja or warriors of the Shogun just get a gun and shoot Ito if they want him dead? Is this the Rather only gun that we throw see vegetables? Yes. Maybe they're just rare and expensive at this point. But why would a random rebel have one? Rebels can be well funded. Maybe it's a coup d'etat. Maybe. There's something going it... on there. Maybe. 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 They've come prepared to fight the masses of death. I'd bring a gun. <laughs> this is true. So they kill them all. And then they each get out a white cloth to wipe the blood off their weapon. Classic. And there's this, there's this really nice shot where we then see the blood-soaked white cloths blowing in the wind against this blue sky. Mm. Although there are five cloths. Mm. which on thought makes sense because the claw guy's got two claws the fists guy's got two fists but the club guy's got one club so that's five I'm, things uh, there, somebody has been somebody has been hired to specifically do continuity for this film <laughs> to make sure that things made sense even if they don't make sense to you the viewer the first time mm. when you come back and watch you'll be like why are there five cloths of course makes sense and it does it probably looks better than if there were three cloths objectively out of context it's a better shot mm. fine Everyone on the ship is moaning how that the Masters of Death are monsters and scum, killing anything that stands in their way because, quote, it's just bad taste. But the rebels attacked them. They didn't do anything to anyone. So I don't think you can have a go at them for being monsters for killing people when they were attacked. That's and so everyone also knows that they are the Masters of Death then? Yeah. I mean, Local you can't miss them with the hats. True. So someone sets fire to the ship. Sorry, what? So <laughs> 
There are these massive barrels that are labelled soy sauce and they've got oil in them instead. And someone empties these barrels. And he's one of these kind of early 50s, too cheerful, kind of spineless looking, unnamed <laughs> so, so Japanese the man. the bathhouse manager. Yes. Yeah, he's dumps about, oil all over the boat and he's spent his it. thousand gold pieces to disguise oil as soy sauce well actually we don't know how much anything costs other than a bath equals an assassination, assassination. yeah a bath equals <laughs> yeah. an assassination so it's not looking good for the economy no so yeah they set fire to the ship the masters of death recognize ito and say that the shogun wants you dead but we aren't that bothered because we've just got to escort this guy somewhere because of whatever it is to do with farming so as long as you don't get in our way, we won't kill you. They run through the fire in their big black cloaks and their massive straw hats to get to the outside of the ship. So they emerge on the outside of the ship with their hats on fire. And then they all, in unison, jump off the edge of the ship, somersault into the sea. It looks so cool. To the massive hats later. on fire. black. Oh, it looks so good. You liked something. Oh, it's really good. Ito cuts his way through some wood with his sword to get outside he finds the pram puts Daigo in it and just chucks it off the side of the boat what okay yeah but it floats of course it it i, I said my mining cart i think i mean something like a mario cart this thing is loaded <laughs> yep. with weaponry flotation devices it, yep. it's living the dream and then for some reason ito pole vaults himself into the sea sure. like quite dramatically it looks it looks pretty good so they're swimming Supreme Ninja swims up behind them and they have this weird, very quick little underwater struggle over a sword, which then falls to the bottom of the sea. And then we next just see Ito swimming to shore. In one hand, he's pushing the floating baby cart with Daigoro in it. And in the other hand, he's holding the Supreme Ninja, who looks like she's passed out or something. Okay. We've kind of missed a crucial thing that happened. Yeah, there was, there was a struggle. Ito's clearly won. But he's also... Rescued her. Rescued her, yeah. yeah. Reminds him of the prostitute. Or his, or his wife. wife. Either. So they get to shore. He throws the Supreme Ninja, who's now awake, into a room. He takes off all of his clothes. That could have been dangerous. He takes off all of Daigoro's clothes. This is getting more dangerous. He gives Daigoro a hug. Um... Then he walks over to the Supreme Ninja violently rips off all of her clothes okay it got bad she's struggling he throws her down on the floor holds her down whilst she's screaming and struggling then he picks her up again gets daigoro and they all kind of huddle together for warmth because they've been in the cold they've been in the soaking cold sea, wet sea and the clothes are soaking wet with water so they need to get them off and the body heat that makes sense what doesn't make sense is why they've made this weird oh why is he gonna looking like he's gonna rape her scene that's weird uh, yeah I and mean, doesn't fit the character that's definitely going in the not looking good for women pile additionally use your words use words yeah. use your word I, I mean communication is difficult i understand it can be hard to talk to somebody but, but just say to keep warm you need to get those wet clothes you off. know you and your son maybe don't need to have that conversation you and supreme ninja random woman that you've not really had a lot of time with probably need to get some consent there probably need to just ask probably. look I think it'd be better if we uh, all get naked and hug. But yeah, yeah it, mm. it just doesn't make sense. And then she says, why did you save me? Good question. And he, good, good question. He replies, you're trembling. Is it because you're more afraid of peace than war? No, it's because she's freezing cold because she's just been in the sea. And just... now she's naked. What? Excellent. Uh, anyway, so they're all hugging. And she kind of behind Ito's back reaches for her sword, which is next to her. 
kind of slowly. But then Daigoro reaches up and feels her naked breast. Oh, and he kind of God. touches it. He touches it a few times. Yeah. So she puts her sword down. <laughs> it's the insane woman from the start of the film. It's, it's the insane breastfeeding woman from the first it's film. It's really weird. That's who it is. Doesn't make any sense. In some ways, I get the whole, oh, it's appealing to her maternal side. But that uh, is not the thing um, that, that makes that happen. I would love to know if you can appeal to the maternal side of a professional killer by touching their titty. <laughs> like, <laughs> hi, I'm a three-year-old. You're a trained professional. Please don't kill my dad. Have a grope. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> it's very weird. I mean, I could have done without the character of the Supreme Ninja, and I don't think I would have missed anything yep. beyond, you know, the evolution of Ninja. But um, <laughs> from the sounds of it, there's some... Thing going on here it's a bit weird that is just not communicated in this i'll tell you something else we don't see supreme ninja again in this film right okay well i said i could do without her and we don't have her anymore yeah. so and you know what we, we don't miss her <laughs> no for I mean, reference how far through the film are we now we are three quarters if not a bit more we're right. approaching the finale okay we're getting to the climax mm. then we cut to them in a desert we see the masters of death come over a sand dune followed by the guy that they're escorting somewhere for the farming reason, whatever it is. This seems so far away from anything that a farm would be relevant yeah, to. And this guy's being carried in like a big sedan chair. Yeah. Type thing. The metal claw guy suddenly just runs forward, jumps up in the air and slams his claw down into the sand. And then gradually blood kind of soaks through the sand and he pulls this guy out of the sand with his claw, which is stuck in the back of this guy's head. Again, so okay, so we've established that the Masters of Death and Ito have the power of knowing the when invisible are, stab, yeah. Yeah. And it's it looks good. Mm. It looks pretty the Masters of Death are good in this film. He does exactly the same thing a second time. Okay. And then twelve to fifteen rebels, I assume they're <laughs> rebels. Well, minus two. Jump out from the sand and attack them. But the Masters of Death kill them all, whilst occasionally having to lift up their massive straw hats so they can actually see who they're fighting. Ah, this seems like a... Can we get rid of the straw hats now? Now that we've established that they're about Hold thing? that thought for later. A holding, holding. So they carry on walking through the desert. And then we see Daigoro standing by himself on this little hill in their way. The shots, it's, it's quite a nice little shot because all through the desert, we've just got this kind of swirling wind type sound effect. And then as soon as Daigoro comes into shot, it's replaced by this very 80s synth pop music. Oh, incredible. Now, this 80s synth pop music is the soundtrack for the majority of the film. Oh, you've not mentioned this no, so No, I far. haven't. And it's it's weird. Because there are moments, like the drums in The Jewel, where it's it sounds very what you expect a Japanese samurai film to sound like. Yeah, sort of percussive. Yeah. Increasing lot, tempo drums. Not much tune. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. effect and tension. And then there's just this... There's so much of this awful, weird 80s synth pop that's just it doesn't make any sense and so Daigoro stood on this hill and he just points off into the distance the masters of death all lift up their hats to look in the distance to see what's there i mean that's incredible this this child has managed to misdirect three masters of death simply by pointing yeah like they could just be stabbed in the back game over now yeah oh they could so they look in the distance and ito is stood there on the top of this hill so um yeah, there's the kind of big showdown with the Masters of Death. Ito 
he cuts the club guy's club in half. Oh, that's a shame. Then he cuts his straw hat in half. Then his entire head in half, vertically down the middle. Uh, so, like, he's holding the club straight up. No, no, there's a three distinct moments. Three distinct cuts so like, during the fight. Cuts the club. Yeah. Cuts the hat. Yeah. Cuts his entire head in half. All right, one down, dead. And again, there's so many little callbacks and kind of evolutions of themes because we've had the sword in the head held by the the ninja. Yeah. We've had the cutting down and slashing the face in half. Yeah. And this is the you know the culmination of that little character arc of the slicing <laughs> the of the head. Arc of the and it's, slice. it's literally you you see the strike and the the camera's behind the master of death. Oh, and it splits and he's still, open and you see in front of him... Oh. You see Ito in the gap of where his head splits. Oh, God. Then a fountain of blood comes up. Classic. So then the fist guy attacks him. Ito does a flying somersault, lands on one knee and throws his sword at the fist guy's stomach and it goes into his stomach and kills him. As, as he's dying, he says, How could you throw your sword? And then dies. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting it, so I guess... I don't think it's how could you throw your sword as in how is it physically possible uh, that you threw you? your sword. It's a, I think it's a why would you throw your sword. Fair enough. So he, he kind of falls down, dies, and rolls down this massive sand dune hill. Dead. Dead. It's just the metal claw guy left. And guess what? The metal claw guy takes his hat off. To reveal. Oh, no, just so he can see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the other two didn't think of this. Like, he might have seen him throwing his sword if he had taken his hat off first yeah probably so anyway he takes his hat off again the evolution of hats in this film okay and we've it... gone from beekeeper to <laughs> so i mean unless he's taking his hat off and it's the bathhouse man from the start of the film <laughs> i don't think there's any reveal that could yeah. be good there's no reveal it's just he's taking his hat off all right okay to Getting fight serious. Better, i guess yeah it's so kind of somersaults his way to the fist guy's body yeah. to pull out his sword from the guy's body okay so the whole, you've thrown your sword, you've not got a sword. Irrelevant. He just runs and gets his okay, sword. Okay, so fine. this is the classic, everybody allows everybody else to transform in yep. things. Yeah, it's fine. And then um, Ito kind of slices the neck of the metal claw guy. Oh, that's quick. Yeah, it does happen. There's no kind of protracted battle in which there's a climax. It just kind of happens, oh. which is also quite in line with a lot of samurai stuff. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's, that's how it should happen. Yeah. So the slice in the neck thankfully stops the synth pop music and we get this silence and this wind type sound effect and then just blood pours out in this mist from this guy's neck for 18 seconds i'm gonna ban you from using a stopwatch in the future <laughs> this this is dangerous you are now going to for the rest of your life time certain things in films and it's just going to be there that's it that's a thing that's a thing that you do now tanley i can't deny that so the, this mist comes out of his neck for 18 seconds. He falls to his knees, the metal claw guy, and he says, your technique is magnificent. When cut across the neck, a sound like wailing winter winds is heard, they say. I'd always hoped to cut someone like that someday, to hear that sound. But to have it happen to my own neck is ridiculous. Then he groans, falls to the floor, rolls down a bit, Says something that sounds like gosh, then a fountain of blood comes out of his <laughs> neck and he dies. I'm I'm really upset that ridiculous was the 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 adjective of choice then. Especially given the, the dramatic pause. Yeah. You'd think it would be like poetic or 
I thought whatever. he was going to say like preposterous and like like yeah. unbelievable. And he's oh, he's in that weird ridiculous <laughs> kind of way. It's like, so he's killed him. We then see Ito with a sword in each hand, chasing down the twelve to fifteen men who were carrying the sedan chair. Um, he kills them all really quickly. He pulls the guy out of the chair, kills him. His blood spurts all over the camera. Oh. Again, that's happened in a lot of films. Credits roll. That. Shogun Assassin. Not quite. <laughs> it's better than that. Ito walks back over to Daigoro. They hold hands and walk off into the distance, only for Daigoro to look back over his shoulder to see one of the massive straw hats roll down the sand dune. Then we get the final bit of narration from Daigoro. Oh, yeah. I guess I wish it was different, but a wish is only a wish. Freeze frame, end of film. What? I guess I wish it was different, but a wish is only a wish. What? They really struggled with redundancy in words throughout yeah. this film. Just wish is the key word <clears throat> of this this phrase, this paragraph, this whatever. And they have gone, I guess I wish it was wish, but wish, 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 wish. And, the, and that's it, done. Film and over. them hand in hand, walking away from camera over the sand dunes. It's a really car? nice... Oh, the car's not there. What? They're just walking. Maybe that's, that's that's the whole thing. But maybe that's the evolution of the character of Daigoro is now he can walk. He can do advanced mathematics. He can kill people. He can, you know, survival skills. He can calculate well depths. Now he's learned to walk for himself. What? 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 <laughs> but they have invested a lot into that car. Like there were weapons. Yeah, in maybe, the, I'm not going to worry about. It. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm sorry, they I'm left sorry. it somewhere because we've not seen the car at all. In the desert, have we? No, it doesn't appear in the desert. So maybe okay. they thought it's not made for sand. It's not made for sand. It's made for water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, not sand. All so right, so that's the next evolution of the car is we'll get it get it working in the desert. Then I guess. Yeah, maybe all terrain car. But anyway, that's so that's Shogun Assassin credits roll. Incredible. <clears throat> mm. It's a good film. It was a my first experience of a non English language film. This and seems I, like a. Not a great experience of it. Like, this is going to set you up for thinking a certain way about films. But equally, as a 12, 13-year-old boy, the kind of plot holes and the things that don't make sense don't really trigger, I don't think. So at the time, I just saw all the cool things and thought, mm. this is really cool. Mm. And saw the kid and thought, he's amazing. The samurai guy's cool. Master of Death with their three different weapons. This is really good. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm getting formative experience... Mm. Suddenly, I'm into kung fu and martial art weaponry, and and this, you know, this was the start of me really liking watching foreign films and martial arts films. Yeah, Yeah. it was clearly a good experience for me to trigger that. Despite the narration and the potentially terrible dubbing and dodgy cut. So I I rewatched this yesterday. Yeah. There was a lot of things about this film I hadn't remembered were a thing. I didn't remember that the narration was a thing. I hadn't remembered the 80s synth pop. <laughs> I didn't remember anything about the the weirdness of the, the naked women getting groped, getting threatened with rape. So and... here's a question, actually. Did we get a single woman's name? No. Incredible. But did we not get many names throughout the film anyway? I don't think so. When I read through the Wikipedia plot summary, yeah, there's names everywhere. Uh, okay but i don't think they actually get mentioned i think mm. they're taken from the actual japanese lone wolf and cub films yeah not the shogun assassin american 
edit. Yeah. I don't think we have any names. We know, I mean, the Shogun is called the Shogun. There's the Supreme Ninja. Yeah, There's the Daigo and Ito, the yeah. Masters of Death. That's it. I don't think any other names are mentioned. Very impersonal, then. Yeah. But it kind of, maybe that's uh, alluding to the sort of nomadic existence of Ito and Daigoro, how they, they're in different places, they don't get attached, they don't know people's names, that's not their life. Yeah, it's just rivers of blood and bodies and nothing else. Yeah, baby cart by the river sticks. Baby cart, oh yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the river sticks, I'm guessing S-T-Y-X, not S-T-I-C-K-S. Correct. There is another film that's something to do with baby cart through the land of Hades or something. Maybe they're just cool titles. Yeah, I think maybe they're just cool titles. Because the first film, The Sword of Vengeance, consists of him being forced to sleep with a prostitute. Well, I, it doesn't really tie in. <laughs> I'm guessing the Sword of Vengeance thing is in relation to you killed my mother, prepared to die kind of thing. I suppose. But then he doesn't really do much to do with that plot point. Because all the stuff to do with the Shogun, which is, you know, trying to kill the Shogun's brother about farming. Which he doesn't choose to do. He's just paid to do it. It's not a decision he you know he doesn't do it for principles do we see him get paid he gets the thousand gold pieces in advance so he gets paid before he does it oh maybe that's why they have to prove themselves so that they likely to actually go for it yeah Yeah, that mm, trusting yeah so i I don't know what what what's your opinion of the uh of of shogun Shogun assassin Assassin. i think i'd like to see the japanese version (laughs) I, i i i'm not sure i can handle the the synth pop slash confusing cut combo but mm. i mean maybe it sounds like it might have been the originator of of what we know to be cool artistic shot i mean i can't say originator for sure yeah. who knows when the first samurai sheathed his sword and people fell over dead yeah who's to say it's a tale as old as time <laughs> tale as old as time <laughs> <laughs> some say that ito himself propagated the technique in the 17th century and it was just that there were no cameras at the time <laughs> It's definitely a very stylistic film. It looks good. It's very cinematic, and there are there are lots of things that you see in various shots that you think that looks a lot like things that happen a lot in films now in Hollywood or whatever. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe I'm burnt out on those ideas though, because you know if it's the first time you've seen a guy's head get chopped in half and it splits open and you see the guy who chopped his head through the collapsing flaps of a man's face, then it's sort of a ooh. Oh, that's changed my life. Also, you were like 13. This is true. Does this film have a rating? I think it's an 18. All right. So questionable parenting was a theme of the whole, of the whole thing. <laughs> the whole story. Yeah, yeah the whole yeah. story. But that's fine. I guess maybe now that I've seen those things a few times, maybe I won't like mm. the 80s version of it where it's kind of... I guess, how did they do those things back then? This is a very good question. Oh, they, so they must have literally sort of put up a melon and like peeled the melon either side and then put a hose in the center of the melon because they didn't even have super the... in the 70s that can't be true well at least as a brand <laughs> as a brand <laughs> that can't be true when was super... when did... no i'm 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 looking this up when did super soakers become a thing that can't no this can't be true if i was a super soaker when would i be born what's this say 1990 they didn't have super soakers wow. i and i Fact. Again, I am presuming that the Super Soaker was the first of its type, the first high-powered, dangerous water Was it the pistol. first that kind of built up pressure in the way that kind of modern water pistols do? I have no idea. I feel like we're, we're, this is off topic. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, actually, so they've done a lot of cool stuff. I would say it's very ahead of its time, but I haven't seen other things of its time, so I can't really say that without with any conviction. 
<laughs> Isn't that the whole point? Haven't you? Aren't you meant to have seen all of these things so you would know contextually whether this is ahead? Oh, sure, it's ahead of its time. Okay, cool, cool. We'll just establish that completely empirically. It's just it is ahead of its time. I, I, that's I, that's good. I think we should just make strong, powerful statements. Unfounded statements. Well, yeah. Who needs citation needed? But just no, no. Make the statement, and then if you're wrong, you're wrong. That's fine. That's something for people to engage with. Speaking yeah. of engagement, oh god. Why not follow us on social media? We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Secondhand Cinema. So why not give us a like, give us a follow, leave a comment, let us know what you thought, if you've got any ideas or feedback. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do that as well, at secondhandcinemapod at gmail.com. Have you got anything else you want to say about that? What I would say is if you've enjoyed this, tell us. Oh, I thought you were looking at me. I thought you were telling me. If I've enjoyed this, I should tell you. Have you enjoyed this? <laughs> I think Chris is talking to the listener. Have you enjoyed this? Me. You, Tanley. I've enjoyed it. I think it's been fun. Excellent. Good. Well, there you go. That's that's it. <laughs> so do what Tanley just did and eventually communicate with me that you've enjoyed it. Let us know and then we'll do more. Mm. Tanley's always going to watch terrible films. I'm not terrible films, random films. Both um, are true. Both, both are, are true. true. And if that's the case, I can always come and listen to him and question what's going on because... Let's be honest, nobody knows what's going on with Tanley. This is very true. And as the episodes go on, I'm sure you'll understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But through the window of a unappreciated film that Chris hasn't seen. Thank you. Thank you for bringing these unappreciated films into my life. You're very welcome. I think I'm going to say goodbye. Yeah. Thank you for joining me, Chris. And thank you for joining me, listeners, if there's a listener out there listening. Well, you'll be listening to this in the edit, so thank you, Tanley, for listening to us. Thank and you. And anybody else who is. Yeah, thank you, me, for listening to this again. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it, and see you next time. Bye! Bye! Second Cinema!